passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Thunderstruck, our look back at the career of one legendary Jishin Thunder Liger. And uh, joining me today is a legendary figure in the world of wrestling podcasting. He is Mr. Alan Forel. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful because I just got called legendary. I mean, you can't ask for a better start to your Saturday than that, can you? Well, I mean, like, it's, you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but it, to me, it's it's true. You are kind of a legendary figure. Like it, w, WH, you are a man who means what you say, and you are a man who pulls no punches, as the fashion of wrestlers around the world can attest. So when you say something, you mean it. I do. You're calling me legendary. I take that as the highest of compliments. If I bring up, you know, wrestling podcasters, like... Uh, like prominent figures in in among our you know peers, then then you know inevitably your name will come up as like yep. If Alan said that, then it's probably true. Especially if it's like that's a great match or that's a great wrestler, probably true. So you are a legendary figure in my estimation, sir. And and I I'm really glad you're doing this episode. If I can pull back the curtain a little, like we we scheduled this this uh, this episode for an earlier date. Um, you had to pull out for personal reasons. I'm not going to go into those, but uh, then, you know, I was you, dying. You're, <laughs> you're dying. Then your health got better. And then I thought, OK, well, I'm going to ask you again, see if you are up for doing it again. You said yes. And here we are. And I am super elated that we are recording. WH was literally there when, when, when they woke me up from the anesthetic. WH was like at my bedside being, like, hey, young, so uh, want to do a podcast? And I was exactly. Like, you're, yeah, you're, uh, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah called me and said he's. He, we think he's waking up soon. Do you want to come here and ask him? I was like, yeah, I'll be right over. No problem. It, but it was. I. I am like super happy that we're doing this. We had a great time uh, recording uh, our episode of Cruel Summer back in the summer, and uh, yeah, this is such a great uh, you know thrill for me. I always enjoy talking with you. You've done so much great stuff with uh, other members of the post wrestling family, especially uh, you know the, the episode you did with uh, with Jamesy, listing the uh, the greatest matches of uh, of you know in on UK soil. You know, that that was just an amazing episode. I really want to praise you for that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I've been, I've been blown away with the uh, the response that, that got. And, and John in particular uh, keeps on giving us shout outs for that. And uh, very much glad that he enjoyed it so much. And uh, everyone seems to have enjoyed it so much. And that my uh, my lovely Kenta Kobashi story has spread to uh, to ears worldwide. That uh, makes me smile. Oh, it made me smile when I heard that story on on that episode. I was like, "This is amazing! What a what a great story!" Um, but let let's talk about not Kenta Kobashi today, Alan. Let's talk about Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, you know, this is a legendary figure like yourself in professional wrestling. But I want to ask you, as a fan, as a as a devout wrestling fan, when was the first time you discovered Jushin Liger, and what does he mean to you personally as a fan? So. There would be kind of two phases of discovery with Liger for me, um, because back in the mid '90s, early mid '90s, New Japan aired on Eurosport here in the, the UK, and uh, here in the UK, my God, I'm going to get killed for that one. Uh, in the UK and here in Ireland, um, so um, 
I don't know uh, if you've had other guests from um, Europe who have who have talked about this, but uh, Ring Warriors, as it was known, was hosted by uh, originally, I think it was Gordon Soley and um, oh god, I'm, I'm blanking, uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, and then it became Craig De George and Sir Oliver Humperdinck, and they were the commentators. It was dubbed over, so it was this. Um, it was this company in Florida that was run by, I forget the guy's name, one of these old-timey um, kind of wrestling periphery dudes that were around in the, the 80s and early 90s. And he, he got this deal to um, have all this New Japan footage and have this show that he would basically uh, throw out, sell tapes to worldwide. And uh, Eurosport picked it up, and it would very much focus on Gaijin, um, but also Jushin Liger because he was such a um, colorful figure, and he had the he had the kind of cachet to uh, fans in America and people in America, even though the show wasn't necessarily airing in America. Um, so there was a lot of Liger on on these shows, and I definitely saw a decent amount of Liger when I'd flick on Eurosport. And this would be on, but it never really, I was like seven or eight at most. And it really wasn't something that was catching my interest. I didn't really understand it. I remember seeing a match where Eddie Guerrero was wearing, um, everyone remembers Eddie's old gear that he had back when he was like mustache Eddie Guerrero. And um, he had one version of, of this gear that was kind of black, white with a bit of pink. And I was watching him and I was like, thinking it was Bret Hart, but with a mustache. And I was confused. And I was like, is this some kind of fake Bret Hart? I didn't really understand. Um, but like, so I was pretty raw to understanding what was going on with this show. And then it was years later, probably 1998, 99, getting a Power Slam magazine. And there was an inset photo of... Um, or a poster kind of I guess you'd say of Jushin Thunder Liger and I remember seeing it being like that guy looks familiar um, he's he was he was all over that new that Eurosport wrestling from Japan and then there was another early in my Paraslam collecting days there was another issue where they had like Liger's greatest moves or Liger's greatest match. They used to do top 10 lists for a period at, in, in the magazine. It was like Liger's top 10 something or other. And I remember reading it and being like, wow, this guy, it's, they really talk about him as this legendary, legendary guy. Um, so, uh, oh, do you know what it was? It wasn't. It was actually like the top 10 junior heavyweights of all time. Because I remember Danny Hodge was one of the people they had on the list. And uh, um, so Liger was number one. So that's why he really stood out to me. I was like, whoa, OK, this guy who I used to see on Eurosport is obviously a, a big deal. So Liger would have been one of the first Japanese wrestlers I really knew of um outside of say hakushi hakushi was probably the first i want to say but um liger would have been one of the first i knew of from outside wwf um i wasn't able to watch along with wcw during the 90s because it didn't air where i lived um but i did get wcw worldwide in like 1993 and i don't think liger was ever on any of those shows um so, yeah, Liger was this kind of mythical figure. And then when I did start getting more, well, I did start to understand um, the world of wrestling a bit more with the Internet and, and getting into um, watching stuff and downloading stuff from all over. Uh, Liger was definitely someone who I caught my attention. Um, and then when I really became a, a Japanese wrestling fan, which I kind of pinpoint to the wrestling channel um, and sort of 2003, 2004, Absolutely, Liger was uh, one of the guys who I was drawn to, and I remember they aired the Super J Cup '94, and there was obviously so much Liger all over that. And uh, yeah, just his matches on, on that show were incredible. And I remember me and my my pal Doon, um, we were like in school after that Supercard Sunday, the, the Monday morning. We would have been in school talking about the, 
all the Liger matches that, that happened at Super Jacob 94 and how great they were. And um, then another like sort of early memory from one of the first times I saw Liger on the wrestling channel was a Tokyo Dome New Japan show where he wrestled in, I think it might have been the opener of this Dome show, he wrestled a teeny tiny baby Katsuhiko Nakajima who was, I think, like 15, maybe even 14 still at this point. And it was like right in the infancy of of Nakajima. It was just after Kensuke and Hokuto had adopted him and they were having him basically wrestle in matches with all these like legends like Dory Funk Jr. and people like that. So uh um yeah, that was kind of my um and then it was like kind of from there it's like ROH or promoting him for the shows in two thousand four. So me being an ROH fan, that kinda of adds to it and, and pounds home the, the legend of Liger that bit more for me. So we're gonna talk about a match and I'm gonna let you introduce it, but it's not a match from New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is a match from a promotion I think is near and dear to both our hearts. It's and that would be Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh what match are we gonna talk about today, Alan? We are going to talk about the April 7th, 2002 Liger and Minoru Tanaka versus Tsuyoshi Kikuchi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru from Pro Wrestling Noah. And uh, this was right in the heart of the New Japan versus Noah Jr.'s feud, which um, you can you could maybe say this feud went on to for a few years you can kind of pinpoint matches between the juniors on both sides that span a lot of the 2000s but i think the heart the central point of the feud was 2002 and um as i said when i kind of got into japanese wrestling in in 04 this was a feud that was kind of talked about on places like DVD VR uh, as one of like the cool things from the last couple of years. So I made a point of, of tracking all this down. I would have watched all this stuff quite early in my Japanese wrestling fandom. And, and Noah was like mid 2000s. I mean, Noah was the promotion and it was definitely the promotion that hooked me um, the most at the start. And uh, yeah, I I loved this series. I loved all the matches that were involved in it. And this was my personal favorite because one of my first favorite Japanese wrestlers was Minoru Tanaka. And he was um, his typical great Minoru Tanaka self in, in, in this match. Yeah, one of the things that you said is that like the heart of this feud between the two junior divisions of New Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah was in 2002. But like for me, I gotta say, like even getting more granular, is that the heart of this feud was you know the New Japan Juniors taking on the team of Siyoshi Kukuchi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and this is kind of a unique team because these two guys are part of different factions in Pro Wrestling Noah, and then factions that are rivals with each other because the leaders. Of those factions were, were were rivals. So, like, Kanemaru is part of Sternness, which is led by Junakiyama, who had turned on his former mentor, the leader of Burning, that Kikuchi is a member of, Kenta Kobashi. And so it was kind of weird for me to see, like, oh, these two guys from different factions are teaming up together to take on, like, a greater threat. And that would be the junior division of New Japan Wrestling, a rival promotion. I just thought that made this feud even more unique that like you know these two kind of rivals who would normally not be pairing up together to team with each other they formed a tag team and they had amazing chemistry and like all their matches that you see them in like from this match and then subsequent matches when they eventually win the iwgp junior heavyweight tag team titles they were the perfect team for an interpromotional feud and this is why because Kikuchi, you had a beloved baby face who was from from various reports at this point, probably already brain damaged to an extent from the uh, the way he just put his body on the line during the the super generation of all Japan in the early nineties, and he was this like lovable older figure who was like just like he was just so you couldn't help but want to support this guy and love him if you were a Noah fan you know he was just 
it was like Kikuchi. He was he was like your crazy your crazy uncle, you know? That was kind of the relationship that the fans had with him. And in Kanemaru, you had this undersized, grimy, scuzzy and little heel who um maybe isn't the most talented, maybe isn't the most athletic, maybe doesn't have the best technical skills, maybe isn't the strongest, maybe isn't the fastest, but he relies on his um just trickery to to get by. And it's two very different guys, but two guys who if you're the home team, if they're your home team going out to fight for you, you're going to get behind them because, as I said, Kikuchi, so lovable. And Kanemaru, yeah, he's a little shit, but he's our little shit, you know? And you're, you're going you're gonna to want to support those guys. It's, it's a cool dynamic. But on the opposite side, they work going to the other promotion because Kanemaru, he's an annoying little shit and he's going to get heat. So if he's trying to rile up the uh, fans when he's on the away side, it's going to get heat. And Kikuchi, he, as lovable as he can be, he can be a salty, hard-hitting, grumpy veteran as well. And that works as an invasion, as an invading guy, if he's taking on like a fresh-faced um, New Japan junior. I think who were who were some of the New Japan guys they faced on um, New Japan shows? I feel like there was someone on the New Japan side, like maybe a Wataro in no way, like or or whoever he might have come across when he went over to New Japan. He would be able to like bully, and the New Japan fans would get behind. The New Japan guys. So maybe, maybe, they worked. Maybe someone like Masayuki Naruse, who's kind of disappeared from the scene, but he was kind there, of active there. There you go. Yeah, great, great example. Or even like a Minoru Tanaka. I don't know if they were opposite each other at any point in New Japan, but like that would work because Minoru Tanaka is the beloved baby face in, in New Japan. And that's, they, they're such a, a perfect team for Noah in this slot um and also because kenta marafuji probably weren't really ready for that feud at that point and um then at the, after that you're kind of dropping off in depth the, the depth of the of the noah juniors wasn't uh, the same as the depth of the new japan juniors where you have liger tanaka in a way kanemoto samurai um uh, um, Naruse, as you said, you, you you've got a Tiger Mask, um, Jado and Ghetto, Ghetto, Jado Ghetto. You you've you've got a lot more depth. Akira's probably knocking around at this point between movies. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it it works out great from a um, the dynamic point of view on both sides, whether they're in Noah or whether they're in New Japan. And then on the other side of the ring, you have Tanaka and Liger, who obviously in New Japan, Liger's God, and whether he's playing face or heel, if he wants to get a certain reaction, he's going to get it. And if he's going somewhere else and he wants to get a reaction of a, um, a, a guest legend, he'll get that. Or if he wants to be an invading dickhead, he'll get that reaction too. And Minoru Tanaka was probably the only question mark going into this because up to this point in his career, he had always just kind of been clean cut technical wrestler. He was coming off a year where he was probably in 2001, the best in ring technical. In fact, I'm pretty sure he won the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Best Technical Wrestler Award in 2001. So he was coming off a year where he was lauded for his skills in the ring. But between Battle Arts and his early New Japan tenure, he had never got to do any kind of heel work or character work. So this was one of his first chances to really get to do that. And he seemed to really enjoy it and, and thrive in the environment. And he fed off Liger. He fed off what uh, Kikuchi and Kanemaru gave him. He was just fantastic in this. And uh, it showed and it was, it's kind of maddening because seeing that character out of Minoru and knowing the great technical ability he had to back it up, 
then for New Japan to completely drop the ball with that guy and in the next few months turn him into this just soulless masked character heat and kill his career for about two years, three years, just very, very disappointing. Yeah, so you're talking about the environment that, that this match takes place in. We have to make a note that this is this takes place on Pro Wrestling Noah's soil. Like, literally, it's at Araki Coliseum, which is basically Noah's, like, big, you know, uh, mid-sized, you know, venue. Uh, like, it goes from, like, Differariake, which is their kind of, like, their version of Shinkiba first ring because of the size. It's where their dojo is. And then it goes to the nearby Araki Coliseum. And then it's the Budokan for all their big shows. And then the Tokyo Dome, of course. But this is New Japan. This is, like, Noah grounds this is sacred ground so all most of these fans i'm gonna say 90 percent of them are noah fans and my god the heat against liger and tanaka in this match was unbelievable so let, let's get into the match alan so we start this video you can find this on youtube i'll have links in the show description but the match starts in the middle of kikuchi's entrance down the noah ramp and sees liger just fucking blast him with a show day right away to a massive chorus of booze it's amazing already alan Oh yeah, it's it is a hot start because Kanemaru is uh, Kanemaru so fired up, and I don't know if you and uh, uh, JP talked about this on the show you guys did. I, I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. I, I'm planning on it. I, I as I was telling WH Park beforehand, I I made sure to watch. I wanted to listen to that show before uh, and. Uh, to, to give an idea of when we're taping this, it's, it's shortly after that show with JP dropped. So um, I wanted to listen to that before doing this, but I wanted to watch Kanemaru versus Liger before I listened to that. So I ended up squeezing in Kanemaru Liger, but I didn't get to listen to their podcast. So JP might have talked about this, or you might have talked about this uh, with the Liger Kanemaru match. Just how fired up Kanemaru was, like right away from his entrance, like the moment he comes through the curtain. He's so fired up, and it's the exact same thing here. And it was really noticeable to me because I watched one match last night and one match this morning. So, uh, just the fire in Kanemaru is very different from the Kanemaru that you see nowadays in Suzuki Gun. Oh, yeah. He was just a ball of energy. Uh, a ball of shitty little heel energy, and um, he uh, he comes through the curtain and and he marches down to the ring. Even though there's his two opponents are in there and he's on his own, he gets right up in there with them, and everyone has to be separated. And then Kikuchi comes out, and uh, the the brawl starts before Kikuchi even enters into the ring and uh i mean you talked about the, the the atmosphere and the scene you know it's it's noah turf you got the green mat and uh especially this is one thing that really uh highlights this era of noah for me when i think early 2000s noah kind of the pre-peak era of noah i think xbox logo on the mat noah and that's what this was. This is Fox logo. No, that's true. So they're in the ring, and uh, Kikuchi hits Liger with a snap suplex, and the crowd cheers this. Liger revert, recovers and hits another shote on uh, Kikuchi, and the crowd boos this very loudly. Uh, Kanemaru and Tanaka are brawling on the outside. Uh, Kikuchi gets back in the ring, and, and Tanaka goes for uh, a German suplex, but Kikuchi reverses position and uh, uh, locks on a Kimura lock, and, which Liger breaks uh, that up and saves Tanaka and uh, Tanaka is able to reach the ropes from that uh, there's a big Kikuchi call as he stamps away on Tanaka and this this is just like just the story of this review Alan is just going to be like how hot this building is for this entire match like it it People, I've, I read reviews, like on like Cage Match, for example, where they say, "Oh, there's like this middle part where the crowd is quiet." I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Like, I was watching this match, and I was like, "Where's the quiet part?" They're they're like loud throughout the whole thing. Yeah, no, they can they can get out of town with that. This match was hot as heck, and it carries the whole way through. And and yeah, like you're gonna have you're gonna have peaks and valleys and and uh dips up and down in, in, in any match you know as the action kind of slows and speeds up and uh, that's completely normal but you had that sense of buzz and had that sense of of just mass hysteria in in the crowd the whole time this match was going on uh, Liger tags in and hits another shote. Uh, he hits the ropes, and Kikuchi hits a dropkick that Liger no sells. Uh, Kikuchi goes. Oh yeah, that was that was. Sorry to interrupt WH, but that was an awesome spot because Liger 
gets that shote, but basically they, they, they do this great spot to um it's so old school. Kikuchi is all over. So like the heels or the faces have got this great start. There he's all over Tanaka. He is kicking his head in and the crowd are cheering him as you talked about and the referee pulls Kikuchi away and is holding him by the waist and Liger comes in while Kikuchi is being held by the ref and hits that shote and it's such a great way to um, and then Liger becomes the legal man and it's such a great way to um, get the heat in a in a tag match so to speak it's they just it was just a great spot I just loved how they played that it was such a veteran veteran move that I think you don't see enough of that type of thing nowadays they're I I feel like they're they're not uh they're not doing drills of that in the performance center in WWE probably not no uh so Kikuchi goes for a cross arm bar but Liger rolls through and gets one on Kikuchi instead but Kikuchi gets to the ropes but Alan Liger won't break until a ref pulls him off and from here this is one of my favorite parts of the match so Liger pushes the referee the referee pushes Liger back he's not gonna take any shit from this guy legend that he is and then they grab each other's shirt and jaw respectively I just thought this is great like this ref and I love Paresing Noah refs I think they're so good and they they have never done anything in my estimation to like kind of I, I don't know kind of I suppose like uh you know, degrade their reputations. They they're not they're they're always kind of like by the book and like pretty pretty legit in terms of becoming like you know presenting this real sport feel. And this is just a great example of that. Like this ref doesn't he doesn't care. Like you're gonna follow the rules, and if you grab me, I'm gonna grab you. And I just thought this spot was so amazing. Yeah, and I don't know who this ref is. I, it's not someone I recognized. Um, uh, Nishinaga is the Noah ref that I kind of think of most that's most synonymous with the promotion for me. Um, but this guy, I I don't recognize him at all. I don't know who he if he stayed there much longer. Maybe he's still there now. I don't know. But I think that goes to what you said about uh, these guys in these Noah refs kind of maintain the credibility of the sport. They don't kind of. Um, they don't kind of make too much of a presence of themselves. They're very low key. Um, if they need to step in like this, they will. But if they don't, they're just going to go about doing their job in a very quaint manner. And I, I, that's why I can really only picture one Noah ref, and that's Nishinaga. Whereas in New Japan, and it's nothing against New Japan refs. I love them for what they do too. But like, I can picture and name like three or four New Japan refs. It's just. Yeah, and same with Dragon Gate over the years. It's you kind of know the refs, you know. But it's uh, in, in Noah, they they're a lot more subtle. Yeah, from here, uh, Tanaka tags in. He hits a big drop kick and works over the left arm of Kikuchi. Liger tags in and continues the assault on the left arm, including ramming it into the post on the outside. Uh, T- Tanaka kicks away at Kikuchi's arm, prompting the the veteran to get extra salty and and uh, yell at Tanaka. Tanaka responds with a kick to the head, which K- Kikuchi sells beautifully with an amazing facial expression. And, and we gotta we gotta praise like Kikuchi. He's just an amazing like psychologist with his face. He's up there with like Kawada and Otani in my estimation. Alan, just fucking beautiful. And here's the story of this match, as far as like Liger and Tanaka's strategy goes, is is to really go after. Kikuchi's left arm. Yeah, Kikuchi's facial expressions are, are all-time great. Um, uh, again, his, his bell had been rung a few times by this point in his career, and and uh, how much of Kikuchi being the way he was was due to that, and how much was him performing? I don't know, but um, he was just tremendous and his reactions to stuff are, are great and and you, he just tells such a story with how he behaves in the ring and um yeah the the focus from liger and tanaka on the arm is just it was unrelenting it was it was great and it was it was something to really uh it was just a simple thing to really base the match around at, th- at this point uh, from here, Kikuchi blocks a powerbomb attempt and, and sends Liger over his head and nails Liger with a big elbow to the face and, and finally tags Kanemaru into the match, much to the delight of the crowd. This is literally a hot tag, Alan. Oh, yeah. He, uh, Kanemaru, as I said, ball of energy, used to being a heel, but 
getting to play babyface here, crowd getting to get behind him that they don't normally get to do, and they were loving it. They were uh, he he may be our little problem child. He he's a little problem child, but he's our little problem child, and we're behind him. So yeah, and and again, like it's this. That I go back to the dynamic with Kikuchi and, and Kanemaru. It's this hodgepodge team of these kind of just... Uh, there's nothing flashy about them. There's nothing polished about them. You're not going to stick them on the front of a magazine. Going up against just Liger and Tanaka, this pristine, polished, looking amazing, great gear, uh, just to two superstars on the opposite side, you know, and it made it so easy for the fans to get behind Kanemaru on a hot tag like this. When you've got that dynamic of, again, their little problem child going out and trying to get him some of these stars that are opposite him and treating their company like it's beneath them. Yeah, there's a there's a reversal sequence between Liger and Kanemaru that ends up with uh, Liger hitting Kanemaru's signature low blow kick on Kanemaru himself. Big boost from the fans. Uh, Liger is eating this up, this reaction from the fans, and is playing a great heel. We see the uh, Noah and New Japan uh, seconds uh, get on the apron, and it's a mix of both heavyweights and uh, junior heavyweights here, Alan. It was. It shows that the whole promotion is, and the whole roster is, is invested in this thing, and it kind of adds gravitas to it. And I think that was, I'm sure, again, you guys probably mentioned this on the Kanemaru Liger podcast, but seeing Jun Akiyama lurking in the shadows watching that match um, an hour or two before he went out for his main event with Kobashi in the Tokyo Dome, it, it again, having the, the heavyweights give credence to the juniors and treat it like a big deal it's awesome to see yeah and Liger's not having any of these Noah guys up on his on the apron of his match so he goes over to knock them all off the apron beautiful he then hits a Liger bomb on Kanemaru uh Tanaka hits two drop kicks as uh, Kanemaru is tied up in the corner and then follows up with, uh, I guess, the Shattered Dreams to Kanemaru's nuts. So the New Japan uh, team strategy for, for Kanemaru is not the left arm, but maybe the left nut of Yoshinobu Kanemaru here. And uh, I, I think it's a great strategy, Alan. Oh, and we got the one of my favorite things in wrestling from Minoru Tanaka here as he was really embracing his role at the heel at this point. He does the, after hitting a low blow, um, grab your own nuts and do a mocking sell of injured balls. Absolutely, the number one tactic any heel can do is that taunt. It's it's like, you know, in a wrestling game when you taunt and like your life bar or your, your special bar goes up, you know, if, you, if you're a heel and you do the mocking injured nuts taunt, your special bar will just double. You'll have a fi- you'll have a finisher straight away. We'll go straight to the the super finisher, the burning hammer. If it was uh, something oh, yeah. like Kobashi, oh yeah, like this is virtual like, pro wrestling oh, too. Oh, great game, fantastic game. <laughs> uh, back to the match. Uh, Kanemaru goes for a comeback, but is cut off by uh, by Tanaka kick to the back, which I'm sure was just as painful as getting kicked in the nuts because like Minoru Tanaka, like this guy is just an amazing like striker and just the precision of his kicks and the power behind them just it'd be like getting kicked by like Kawada but maybe a little bit more precise you know that's how good I think Minoru Tanaka was as as a striker there's a chop exchange that leads to a Kanemaru drop kick on Tanaka and Kanemaru tags Kuchi back in there's an elbow spear and ground and pound on Tanaka from uh from uh, Kikuchi and Liger just runs in and gets speared and uh and then he gets like mounted and pounded by Kikuchi this is just amazing so awesome that's that spear from Kikuchi, and it wasn't like a big Goldberg run across the length of the the ring spear build up ahead of steam. I don't know how he generated as much power in this thing as he did, because it looked like it was just going to be a double leg takedown from the position he was in. But when he hits, it's just like this clatter of just him just nailing Liger and taking him down, and then he doubles up on that by just unleashing this ground and pound that was so vicious oh, was uh, that was a 
that was a if you're already psyched up and enjoying this match and on the edge of your seat that was the moment you stand up off your seat and you're like pumping your fist in the air and you're like yes this match rules oh it was so great kikuchi is on fire here he's hitting tanaka with elbows and drives his boots into tanaka's face it's just amazing uh kikuchi dropped toll holds liger into tanaka's ball so it's a kind of a payback for kanemaru here and then goes after liger's mask this is fucking awesome oh sorry kanemaru does this and he's he starts ripping at liger's mask and the crowd normally if this was a new japan ring the crowd would be booing the shit out of this but this is a noah crowd they are all for it unmask this dickhead we hate him we don't care that he's a legend he's enemy he's new japan we hate him take off his mask and Kanemaru is just like tearing at it it's beautiful and then the the end effect Alan is just great it's like the lower half of Jushin Liger and I want to think in in my head that Liger grew this shitty little beard just for to add more effect to what it what a scummy sleazy (laughs) fuck he is it was such a shitty little beard (laughs) it was so awful (laughs) <laughs> and he is Liger is so pissed at this point that this mask has been torn by this guy from Noah. It's it's great stuff. The the, the just I can't believe I'm, I'm just getting excited talking about this match again. I'm gonna go watch it after we're done talking about this, Alan. Uh, he goes after Kanemaru and mounts him and 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 showers him with slaps and blatantly chokes him right from the ref. This is awesome. A full a full on throttling. He has got him by both hands around the throat and he is just like choking him and slamming the back of his head into the mat it's something you don't see very often in a pro wrestling match but it ruled it's so great the hatred like yeah we all like oh no hate's not good love is better nah in pro wrestling hate is awesome uh Kanemaru hits a beautiful moonsault on Liger but Liger kicks out at one a, a spot that I just absolutely love if it's done right and it's done right here uh, Kanemaru ducks a Shote and hits Liger with one of his own Liger fires back with one that connects and covers but Kanemaru here he kicks out at one beautiful yeah just the the match is, is kicking on all gears at this point it's it's unreal um, have we had a uh, Yet the, the awesome, I don't think so. I don't think you've said it yet. There, there's an awesome sequence uh, around this point in the match with uh, Kanemaru and, and Tanaka doing like really athletic stuff. Is that that's still to come? Is it the I, I'm getting to the brainbuster stuff? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, it was like a, it was, um, well, we'll get a, a sequence that ended in a, in a big Tanaka kick. But the, uh, at some point around this part of the match, there's this crazy athletic sequence between Kanemaru and, and Tanaka, where Kanemaru basically shows that even though he's outmatched, he he can hang on when he is at his very very best. Once in a blue moon, when he just has the the, the juice running through him, not steroids, just the I don't know adrenaline and when he when he has it on he he can hang with a, a great guy to caliber minor tanaka and that was that was a great moment towards the, the finishing stretch of the match i don't think we're there yet but like from where we are right now though like kanemaru connects with a brain buster he holds on to liger kind of like what eddie does with the three amigo suplexes and and goes for another one but liger blocks and hits a brain buster of his own onto kanemaru and here at this point both men are down and out uh tanaka and kikuchi tag in. Uh, Tanaka misses his beautiful spinning heel kick and flies over Kikuchi. I love when he does this in matches. Yeah, uh, and he, it's great. He's able to hit a beautiful drop kick though uh, in recovery onto Kikuchi. Tanaka gets a heel hook on Kikuchi, but uh, Kanemaru breaks it up. Kikuchi hits a German on Tanaka and goes for a second one, but uh, Tanaka ducks to let Liger hit a Shote on Kikuchi. Just Excellent, excellent coordination and teamwork on the part of Liger and Tanaka here, Alan. Yeah, they had, they had teamed a bit in, in New Japan. I, I forget what the, what was their team name. Kanemoto and and Tanaka was the junior stars, but Liger and Tanaka they had some kind of cool team name along those lines when they teamed together. They had experience teaming with each other and, and they had the timing down on what they were looking to do at this point in the match. Uh, Tanaka hits a German thrust kick to the face, rolling Savat to the gut, and does a rolling flip into a cross armbar. My God, just I my note here is like, he's so smooth. And that's one adjective that you can use to describe Minoru Tanaka to a T, is that 
just the smoothest. Even in 2020, Alan, this guy is such a smooth wrestler. Just everything he does is just crisp, precise, and it, it's amazing that he's able to wrestle at a level even at his age in, in the year 2020. The song Smooth Operator may as well have been written about Minoru Tanaka because he is in everything he does from his entrance to just like his little water bottle flip that he does. Like this guy just he is so smooth. He's the type of guy like he's a Kurt Hennig type guy that I bet you he'd be just amazing at any sport you had him try and do or like darts or anything that involves like coordination in, in any way he's probably awesome at I'm sure he's a great dancer you know he is just smooth as silk and uh, uh yeah it's the guy like uh, turning back the hands of time and i actually was watching him in this match because he was so much more bloated back then like this was the era when it was all about size and you know before guys were were getting ripped and 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 in good like kind of physical shape um they were just kind of being as bloated and as beefy as possible especially if you were a junior you were looking to mask the lack of height by putting on as much mass as you could and uh, uh tanaka was was a lot bigger in like the face and everything than he is now and it actually made me think he looks younger now in some ways than he did here He's quite timeless, I have to say. And then, like, you know, if you talk about, like, him doing other sports, maybe maybe the two Sarahs can get him out to Oberhausen Open one of these one of these years here. You know, maybe he can do carrot and then uh, go play, do bowling with, with, the, with the gang of, fa- of fans after uh, one of the WXW shows. <laughs> that would be cool. I would be I would be absolutely um, pulling the strings to make sure he was my partner and we would call ourselves the junior stars. That'd be awesome. And I'd wear and I'd wear my T-shirt. I would play the role of Kanemoto, but not in the reported bad ways. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, from here, Tanaka... Allegedly. Allegedly. We, we, I don't think we're going to get in trouble. I don't think Coach Kanemoto's listening to this, but allegedly. We'll just cover our bases here. Uh, from here, Tanaka hits Kikuchi with a high kick to the head and gets another armbar on. All of this is on Kikuchi's left arm, of course. So, like, just... You know, just smart. They they remember. Okay, this is the arm we worked on, and this is the arm we're going to continue to work on. And and you, you don't expect any less from someone who was trained in the battle art system here, Alan. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Like it's uh, the the battle arts level of training, the, the 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 matches those guys had. If you've never seen, I would say ninety six through ninety eight battle arts. Um, it's just some of just the best technical wrestling and it mixed with um, uh, the thing I liked about battle arts versus maybe say um, UWFI rings is battle arts had more of a pro wrestling feel and that there'd be random brawling and there'd be um, like an occasional dive and stuff to the outside. It, it, it was more of a pro wrestling take on shoot fighting, but, the guys that came through there, whether it was um, not all of them were battle arts trained now, but like they certainly spent a lot of time in, in the promotion. But guys like Mizaki Mochizuki, Akuto Hidaka, um, Ikeda Nishikawa, of course, Alexander Atsuka, um, Muhammad Yone, uh, people might not realize was a battle arts guy, uh, still going relatively strong. I was going to say strong, but well, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, he's still there. <laughs> and uh, who else came through battle arts? Um, oh, a guy who, if you've never seen this guy, he was an unbelievable wrestler, just maybe lacked in charisma, but my God, what a, again, smooth worker. Um, Carl Malenko, who also went by the name Carl Greco. He wasn't a, a real Malenko, but he was trained by the Malenkos and took the name. That guy was unbelievably good. Um, yeah, just so many great wrestlers came, came through there. Like, I love the Minoru Tanaka matches with Mochizuki and with Hidaka and with... Um, Oh, what's the guy that wore the blue? Uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Usuda. Usuda. Oh, yeah. I, I forget his first name, but uh, Usuda. Kat- him and Minoru. Katsumi? Katsumi it is. Good good pull, WH. Uh, yeah, Katsumi Usuda versus uh, Minoru Tanaka. Those guys had some unbelievably good matches. So, um, 
yeah and and also you get the um again as i said there's sometimes a bit more pro wrestling in battle arts and you get the great um uh it wasn't quite his invasion into zero one but the precursor to that a couple of years before the stop the matsunaga that happened in uh, battle arts where uh, uh yuki ishikawa had to fight mitsuhiro um Matsunaga in a, like a quasi shoot fight slash death match. Okay, let me just get to the the end of this review because after a minute, because I go off on tangents. No, no, I, I gotta I gotta comment about something you just said. But after a minute of of Kikuchi fighting off this armbar, he does end up submitting, and and Minoru Chinaka gets the submission win on uh, Siyoshi Kikuchi at 16 minutes and 35 seconds. Now, before we get to the aftermath of this match, I I have to make one point here, Alan, that you brought up a term I have not heard in years and that is stop the matsunaka and and that was a, that was a thing i remember seeing on i think it was dvdr forums where people were just listing mitsuhiro matsunaga's reign of terror in in zero it was zero one wasn't it where they just had yeah, zero one you can see th- this is what he does in this match and this is here's a link because probably there were tons of links that were still up on like the infancy of youtube then and it's like it was on, it was on the, the lenny pages on the oh, ditch. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> There's a deep pull. Who remembers the Lenny subside of the ditch? Yeah, the ditch. Yeah, great site. It's still up there, but yeah, we, we're not going to talk too much about the ditch site. People can find it on their own. Just Google it, folks. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Here, here, here's what you need to do. Uh, if you type in stuffed Matsunaga into Google, there is a, um, a the other arena forum. Um, there is a series of posts from JDW, who's John D. Williams, um, one of Dave Melcher's old friends. Um, and he has basically put up the whole uh, Dean Rasmussen, who I love Dean Rasmussen, the, he the I think the creator of Death Valley Driver and uh, uh, a lot of the DVD VR guys like, um, uh, uh, I'm sure they wouldn't uh, deny this, people like Phil Schneider and stuff like that uh, can be seen as quite prickly and uh, a lot of people maybe uh, don't enjoy their uh, oftentimes controversial takes, may think they're trolling a lot of time. Um Dean, on the other hand, is just the most jolly, affable, nicest, uh, even if he's like critiquing or burying a wrestler that you like, it's in such a a jolly way that you can't help but just enjoy and like Dean. And uh, Dean has written a series of uh, reviews of all the Stop the Matsunaga matches, which span through 2005 I think I think it's mainly the latter half of 2005 so you got him coming into zero one and just destroying young kids like Osamu Namaguchi do you remember that young line he was our young rookie he was basically a, a peer or a rival of Katsuhiko Nakajima they were around the same age at the same time and when Kensuke did 0-1 Nakajima would be on the undercard as like a 16 year old fighting Namaguchi who was probably like 17 or 18 and these two kids beat the heads off each other like it was the they had a match at the 2005 Differ Cup where they just absolutely slaughter each other it's it's glorious um but uh namaguchi speaking of slaughtering he gets killed by matsunaga obviously then uh matsunaga versus rikia fudo who's like a guy who kind of a lower card guy but he's a step up from a, a rookie and then you got him against kohei sato who's like a, a, a burgeoning young star who that they're giving a push to um who's kind of shows some fight then there is a katsuhiko ogasawara um who uh basically he is so he is a karate guy who this was a no rope karate match and he is this like old timey karate guy who I guess brought Matsunaga into pro wrestling and as Dean describes here Ogasawara was saying through the medium of professional wrestling, My God, what have I done? And uh, he feels he must finish this and rid the world of what he has created, but he must do it with karate. Um, just, it's just fantastic. And the best thing about this is there was all these dramatic um, videos that they made uh, that they put out before these matches because it was all probably on Samurai TV, and Samurai TV were just making these incredible videos and there'd be like the johnny cash song with the well i'm not a 
music expert or a Johnny Cash expert, but there's all the videos would end with like the Johnny Cash um, line about like a pale horse or something like this. I live in a wrestling bubble. People probably are screaming, knowing what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm making a hames of it. But uh, then there was a no rope barbed wire death match against Hirotaka Yakoi, who was a zero one guy who did pride. He was like a shoot fighter, but here he was getting his hands dirty in the death match world. And then you got the culmination of it all. Yoshihito Sasaki being finally the guy to, to really step up to, to Matsunaga and just stop the Matsunaga in zero one. It's just like the best thing ever. And yeah, I think I'm going to go away and watch it after this too. That's amazing. So for all the Thunderstruck listeners, you came for Liger, but you got some Mitsuhiro Matsunaga talk and uh, you're welcome. I, that was- and there's a, there's a comp, there's a comp of all the best because you, you, it'll be hard to find online. I don't think it's, uh, it's out there. Um, um, but there is a comp you can get on IVP videos, so um, hit them up. Uh, I'm sure they've got a, a good sale or something going on. Uh, always great deals there if you want to get random obscure Perot that there's no other way to get that you don't need to feel bad about like stealing because like I mean it no one's selling it, so you can uh, you can buy it here from IVP videos. Two dollars ninety nine cents for the best of Mitsuhiro Matsunaga, and it's the whole zero one thing. So uh, yeah. Oh, there's a description here. I, I gotta add this okay, to the page. The story started out with Katsuhiko Ogasawara seeing Ryoji Sai's photo shoot in a fashion magazine modeling clothes, and he thinks this is a disgrace for a shoot fighter. So he brings his karate forces, Ogasawara, Katsuhiko Matsuzaki, and Masashi Aoyagi to Zero One Max to fight Young Max, basically all the younger guys in Zero One. But the karate forces kept losing against the pro wrestlers. On the June 17th show, the karate forces brought with them a new member dressed in a black gi and wearing a mask. At the end of the match against Young Max, he unmasked as Matsunaga. Matsunara had a karate gimmick when he first started wrestling. So before he became a deathmatcher, he was a karate guy. So that was how it all started. So they've got all the uh, the Young Max versus karate forces matches here. And then, yeah, Matsunaga and all his kind of big matches as, as the thing went on so uh yeah one of like the coolest things ever stop the matsunaga and it always has to be written in all caps doesn't it WH? it does it does indeed so but, but getting back to the post-match of uh our tag match that we've been talking about uh we see um a big brawl between all the seconds of both companies uh just getting it, it into one another like they're just like they're the, the noah guys are upset and then the new japan guys are like hey you guys lost and they just you know the typical pull apart brawl happens um uh later on we see liger as he's walking to the back he he attacks some fans and i think he was just gonna like try to scare them but he inadvertently knocks over the barrier onto this this uh a female fan and i'm just like he but the great thing he doesn't break character alan he just stays in character and you see tanaka kind of going over and apologizing to that, that fan it's like oh sorry about that but liger just stays completely in character which i thought just a great touch there liger is a master of just rolling rolling with the punches and um reacting to what happens uh, around him and situations and like just so utterly comfortable with uh, um, being who he is and being a performer. After that, we go backstage and Kanemar was doing a post-match interview talking about his loss. Uh, and then Liger confronts him, I think probably to confront about like tearing his mask. And then the other New Japan guys show up and they just beat the shit out of him and drive him away from the interview room. And then Liger, because he's Liger, he then destroys the Noah interview set uh, set here in the back of Ariki Coliseum and just sends it crashing down on the various reporters and photographers like gathered around it. And, and he doesn't apologize. He just, he just yells some more and then he leaves. And that's the end of uh, our review here. Just great stuff. Fantastic match. Um, like Liger and Tanaka, I think they would later on win the the junior tag titles. And then they would lose those belts to Kikuchi and Kanemaru, who would then hold them for, I believe, 150 days. And they will have, they would have five defenses. And this is really the, the apex of... I think the, the the feud between New Japan Juniors and the Noah Juniors here, Alan. Yeah, it was 
like for me this match was the peak of the feud there was other awesome things that happened like if you want to extend it out to say that the dome match between Liger and Kanemaru that you guys talked about it in 04 or even stuff that happened uh, a couple of years later like you even had people like Atsushi Aoki um and Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, this obviously wasn't um, juniors, but like in 2009, you had like Shinsuke Nakamura, Hiroki Goto, Milano Collection AT, um, Goshiyazaki, Sugira, even Baby Okada being involved in Noah versus New Japan stuff. So all through the 2000s, it was kind of like there was no real point where a full story. I think this was the only time where there was like a storyline arc kind of given to the feud. And then other times it was like the feud would be reopened if new Japan needed it for business or if Noah needed it for business and they put it on their shows. What really, it felt like no kind of end game, um, to any of it um i got really hyped up for the 09 version when they had the the match at the tokyo dome with misawa um that was just unbelievable and the, the heat that got and then at the next noah budokan after that um they had a great match with uh, milano and shinsuke versus uh, go and um, Sugira with an awesome finish of Goshiyazaki just destroying Milano Collection AT, who was sensational in that match. One of my favorite performances of his. But um, yeah, just a great feud that, um, as I said, had its peak for me um, at this kind of point in 2002. Okay, well, before before we wrap things up, Alan, like so, as of this recording, we're, we're it's late, it's uh, late January, and we're a couple of weeks removed from the you know Liger's last two matches at uh, Wrestle Kingdom Day One and Day Two, and his retirement ceremony at Oda City uh, Gymnasium. And I, I kind of want to ask you, what were your, how do you feel about there's you know no more Liger wrestling regularly, and how do you feel like uh, his like kind of retirement? Uh, came off for you really nice just really nice you know like it wasn't over the top it didn't feel like like it wasn't anything that you know like the say like the flair retirement like that was good but it was very over the top you know and, and other retirements in the history of wrestling have been this was just nice and felt true to it felt true to him and how he's behaved as a pro wrestler in his whole career. Selfless, um, wanting to bring up others, wanting to elevate others, just kind of being amazing but not wanting to focus all to be on himself. Um, doing those matches as openers, um, backstage in his in his uh, interviews after each match which you haven't seen those go watch them on new japan world they're excellent and really insightful like the on one of the days i forget which one it was i think it was yeah it would have been the second one after the hiromu match um liger's first thing he says in the press conference after his last ever pro wrestling match they ask him how he feels just simple you've had your last match how do you feel and his answer was, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I, I put it on my Twitter when I watched it. But it was something along the lines of, I feel like I'm amazed at the incredible power of Hiromu Takahashi. And I was like, what a, what, what a legend, you know? What a selfless, amazing guy Jushin Thunder Liger is. Like, the first thing he taught to talk about after his legendary all-timer career ends, is Hiromu. Like, that's just, that says it all about him. And um, it was so true to him, the whole way it was presented. I I loved it. I thought it was great. It, if people had ideas of this huge, grandiose fireworks and all kinds of crazy stuff happening to commemorate the career and him being in the main event and the show being built around him, which, I'll be honest, when... I kind of heard he was retiring and it was going to be a two dome show and one of the shows would be his last match in my head. I expected he'd be in the main event. The show would be built around him. When you think of the show, you just think of Jushin Thunder Liger, but 
I was so wrong. And of course I was wrong because that's not Jushin Thunder Liger at all. Jushin Thunder Liger is going to go away in modest fashion and leave everyone with a smile on their face, happy and content. And uh, that's what he did. And it was it was brilliant and uh, was so nice the, the way they handled his um, his ceremony on, on the 6th. Everything about it was perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. Okay, great. I, I, I overall enjoyed it myself. I, I would have maybe, you know, had a more prominent match for him. But, like, I can't argue with what you're saying and how you feel about him, like, basically being selfless in the you know, the, the eight man tag and then the, the tag match he had on the second night. But yeah, that, that, that is what it is. And, and I'm happy for him. He seems so happy at the retirement ceremony. I was, I was felt so fortunate to be there to watch that live. Um, but that, that's going to wrap it up for this. But before we go, Alan, we, we should talk about something you're involved in that is kind of a, a talking about Liger as well over at uh, pro res paradise. Tell us about that. Well, it's kind of done now, <laughs> So, it, but we did uh, a couple of episodes, which I was really uh, proud of, um, talking about Liger and uh, some of his greatest matches. I wanted to do, I think, two more I had plans to do before um, I got sick at the end of last year, so it kind of got cut short, but um, uh, I kind of wanted to focus on... Um, the career of Liger with a theme to each episode and focusing on three matches that fit that theme. So I think we did three shows overall. Um, one of the shows was with um, uh, Mochatra, where we talked about um, basically the early years of Jushin Thunder Liger as he broke out as a superstar in both Japan and the US. Um then I did a show with Rich Fan from The Torch, my colleague over The Torch, where we talked about uh, Liger stepping into um, outside his comfort zone, uh, be it uh, heavyweight matches or um, when he had that crazy brawl with uh, the great Muda. And um, then the the other show we did was myself and JP. So that's where the... Um, uh, intersection is between our two series wh but uh, the show i did with jp where we talked about liger against the new wave of junior heavyweights so the, the first new wave being the otani class uh in the, the mid to late 90s and then the um shibata inoue class in the early 2000s and then kushida in the late 2000s so um yeah uh, really fun shows i really enjoyed doing any excuse to watch jushin thunder liger is is great so um yeah i definitely recommend people check out those if they want to hear more of me talking about jushin thunder liger but i have got my podcast back up and running since i uh, have got out the other side of the the, the health issues and um we uh, have had a couple of really fun shows to start out at 2020 and hopefully by the time you're listening to this have had several more uh, really good shows um, uh, in the, the period between and um, hopefully uh, I assume one of them will have been focusing on 16 karat gold 2020 which um, I believe if uh, what WH explained to me regarding the timing of when the show will drop 16 karat should be available on WXW now so you can see what was undoubtedly a great weekend and a great commentated weekend by yours truly the greatest commentator in history of professional wrestling I'm, I see I've got my ego up because WH Park called me legendary um, but uh, yeah, no hopefully I did a half decent job uh, <laughs> um, on whatever matches I called during what was hopefully a great weekend and uh, and also I hope everyone is enjoying or getting set to enjoy the champion carnival and what a lineup WH my god how happy are we all with that champion carnival lineup? What a surprise um, with that great name that we uh, the, that we were just shocked to see in the lineup and how great he's going to do. It's just going to be an amazing tournament. Okay, so, so people who are confused right now, like we were, I, Al and I were talking off air about a name that I heard might be in the champion carnival. I'm not going to say it, neither is he. But if it turns out to be true, you all know who we're talking about, okay? But anyways... 
check out Alan ProRes Paradise at the on the VIP side of the uh, PW Torch uh, PW Torch uh, website. Also, uh, many shows he's commentated on over at WXW now. One of my favorite, actually, English language commentators. You know, Alan, like you know, if there's ever an opening for like a Dragon Gate commentator, I know Lenny Leonard and, and Larry Dallas are, are kind of the regulars there, and including uh, Jay, formerly of iHeartDG. But if there's ever an opening, I would nominate you to be a Dragon Gate English language commentator. I just want to say that. <laughs> Those guys are doing an awesome job. They don't they don't need me. <laughs> if if an opportunity came, I would say, "Hey, you should take a look at Alan Farrell. He's a, a seasoned commentator." But Alan, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I'm WH Park. Follow me at at WH Park 9. Alan, where can they find you on Twitter? Alan 4L. That's right. The legendary Twitter handle at Alan 4L. And uh, until the next episode, I want to say to all listeners, thank you for checking out another episode of Thunderstruck. Thank you for supporting the series so far, and I appreciate all the feedback. And until the next episode, goodbye. <laughs>